What's up, everybody? It's Mark again, and welcome back to the Swamp and Stomp podcast. Today is the day that we were supposed to have our Saddle Hunter 3D Archery Tournament and Workshop event. Unfortunately, we had to cancel it at the very last minute, and we are postponing it until July 22nd. So if you were planning on coming, make sure that you go check out the Facebook event page, get all the details and the new venue. We'll see you guys at that event. Um, but anyway, we decided since all of us showed up here in Sebring anyway, it would be a good opportunity for us to do a podcast. So we're sitting here with Robert Wood from Wood Hunting Saddles. Um, and then we've got John and Danny. And uh, there's really no, um, no, no agenda for this podcast. We're just uh, answering some questions that our followers have sent us. Uh, about all kinds of random topics uh, related to deer hunting in Florida. We talk about our season, what things we have planned, um, and a bunch of saddle hunting stuff. Lots of random topics here, but it was a great conversation. So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Make sure that you are subscribed. Make sure that you're following the podcast. Um, and uh, go check us out on Instagram and all that other good stuff. So let's get right into it. You put something about the clothing, and he goes, "Yeah, I love wearing this hat everywhere." And was yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he had the yeah. uh, the luggage. He's like, "Oh, I'm the only person that has a guitar case with the Swamp and Stomp and Tether yeah. logo." Yeah, no, he wrote us a song, and, and it was like it was supposed to be it was supposed to be like a song for the podcast, which he's still working on. So he's probably gonna listen to this and be like. Oh, I should I gotta finish that. If he if he does it and does it really good, that'll be awesome because Oh he sent it to us. It's it's pretty cool. I, I had a dude that was supposed to do us like just some introductory music for our YouTube videos so that we you know, because we monetize. Yeah, two years later I'm still waiting on that video. What's crazy is I work with a guy, he's like the best guitar player I've ever met in my entire life. Amazing guitar player. But getting him to come up with your song. Yeah, I know. I know people like that. Benjamin the most talented people or the least motivated at least to do what you need them to or do. they or they get started on a project and then never quite finish it coming live from a hurricane yeah, out a here in central Florida. Thing. it's never finished yeah oh yeah it's raining right. again anyway <laughs> well you guys say we uh kick this thing off we're already recording oh nice I already sweet started, i already started you recording. tell us yeah so yeah no i you know just figured it'd organic it'd be more organic that way Let it um go. All right, guys, so we are currently in Sebring, uh, right down the road from where our uh, Saddle Hunter 3D Archery Tournament and Workshop event was supposed to happen today. And unfortunately, uh, we had some last-minute problems, and we had to cancel it last night. Um, so we are moving it uh, to a new location, and it's going to be on July 22nd. Um, so make sure you get on our Facebook page. Um, all the details are going to be there. We have thousands of dollars of saddle hunting gear to, to raffle off the event. Uh, there's going to be lots of gear to win in the tournament. Um, and then a whole bunch of people that are experienced saddle hunters to show you uh, how to use all of it. So it's going to be a really great event. We're sorry for everybody that made plans and, and had to cancel them last second, but we really couldn't do anything about it. So stay tuned for that. Um, yep. I'm actually pretty excited to um, do it at this new area and I think uh, with this little bit of time that we have in between the new date we can actually show you guys what we have because 
we really didn't get any time to yeah. take pictures and, and show the stuff that we have like we did last year. So yeah, we had stuff sent like yesterday. And, you know, there's yeah, stuff still, still arriving. And conveniently, we actually ended up getting breakfast nearby. And at 11 o'clock, there was a mini hurricane that rolled through. So <laughs> that yeah. would have that would have been a situation because there was so much lightning in that little storm. Um, yeah, the only shelter out there would have been that middle building. <laughs> a, me a metal building, which is great in lightning. As, yeah, as so. bummed as I am that it didn't happen today, it was a blessing to not have to be out there and all of that. Because yeah. every single one of us would have been soaking wet. But you know what? That's that's events in Florida. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's uh, we're gonna make it bigger, better, and better in a few weeks' time. So yeah. if you're interested in coming, make sure you tell all your friends about it. Um, and we'll hopefully see you guys there. And then we also have another event that's worth mentioning. Uh, it's actually going to be on July 15th, which will be the weekend before it. And that's going to be a scouting workshop that we do every year together with backcountry hunters and anglers. Um, and then we, we have like a kickoff, a deer season kickoff party where we have, we cook up a whole hog. Everybody comes and hangs out. Um, but before that, we head out into the woods, parry up with experienced hunters and um, have them basically show you what to look for in the woods um you know scouting uh you know how to read sign how how to tell if it's new or old or whatever and then if you do find sign like how you might set up on it how you might put a camera on it or you know basically whatever you would do in the woods uh, whenever you're looking for a place to hunt so if you got a lot of questions about that kind of thing it's a great event we have a good time every year july 15th again all the information for our events is going to be on our facebook page which you can find in the description of this podcast and can everybody please silence your phones that's what <laughs> Was literally trying to do as it went off. I know mine already. Mine already made a ding earlier. So yeah, my ringer's already down, so we're good. My phone, um, my phone lives on silent. So, um, what do you guys want to talk about? We don't really have a plan here. We're just trying to salvage well, this trip. We're all here. So. What was really cool is that um, even with the turn of events of just being last-minute changes, uh, we were able to meet one of our um, patrons, yeah. and he he was pretty neat to meet and. Uh, he came up, had all kinds of really interesting questions. and Oh, yeah, we um, have those questions. He actually gave us the questions in case we want to use them for the podcast. But he made out pretty good. I think, you know, he got the buff. He, he got a buff, and yeah. it took my saddle so he can. And he had <laughs> breakfast with us. Yeah, yeah, he had breakfast with us. Like, it, was, it was a really cool <clears throat> situation. Probably got a lot more one-on-one -on -one than he would have. Yeah, uh, he was able to pick our brains, so. I think he probably enjoyed it. I think that's the best thing about some of these putting on events is when you get to sit there and meet some of the people and spend more one-on-one -on -one time. Mm -hmm. Like even at uh, the Saddlefalooza that we did, you guys were sitting around a campfire getting to sit and talk with people about hunting strategies, biggest deer, how to state hunts. Like people got to go over all kinds of stuff that they wouldn't normally really get to talk to yeah. someone about. So. Yeah. It was neat. He did have some good questions too. He's pretty crafty, man. Like he, he saw what he did with his glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he's like teaching himself how to be a bow tech because he doesn't really have a bow shop that's close to where he is. Yeah. So he bought himself a press, and he's just kind of, you know, he's like blowing up bows and stuff, but but he's learning in the process, starting yeah. with cheap bows and. Let's see. He. Best way to learn is mistakes. YouTube, you baby, it works. Yeah. But uh, he was ambitious too. He decided that he's going to make it bow or break. He wasn't going to try rifle hunting or anything else. 
Well, I don't know if he is decided on that, but right now he kind of feels like it yeah. should be Bo only. But uh, do you guys want to dive into some of these questions he's got, and then uh, we'll yeah. just kind of go from there? Because I've, I've got them right here. So uh, let's see. Um, and uh, thanks, Elliot, for sending these over. All right. Um, that's not really deer related. <laughs> oh, this was this was a question that might be worth talking. So he was asking about carrying a sidearm, if it's absolutely necessary on public land, or if it's just a good idea, or how we feel about carrying a sidearm in the woods. Um, I think that's 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 just a personal preference. I mean, I don't carry one, um, but I for the most part I don't feel the need. Um, you know what? What are we really worried about? I, the, the thing that I'd be most worried about would be coming up on you know a mama hog with a with a litter, and you see, I don't really worry. About I don't worry about that. it, but I mean that would be that that's probably the only thing I would ever use it for. Uh, I have been surrounded in the dark by coyotes uh, walking out. That yeah, was just, a little bit eerie. Just kick them and keep going. When there's nine ball, of them? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I, I personally think I'm not really worried about hogs or anything like that, but a big gator when you're walking through the water could potentially ruin your day. Um, but I think the biggest thing to be worried about in the woods is humans because there's a lot of sketchy things that happen out on public land. Like I've come across a couple like meth labs and stuff before. You know, they're like abandoned, but... You know, that one time you walk out there and there's somebody out there cooking meth, like, they don't want you to be able to leave and tell the authorities about it, so... Um, I, I think for me, um, the only time I really carry is if I'm in an area that has prominent amount of bears and or panthers. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just an inconvenience because of the... I mean, you're Extra usually weight. open carry, and then if you're wearing a saddle, when you're going to get it in the tree, you have to either remove the gun and put it in your backpack and or move it somewhere else, so... I personally wouldn't wouldn't carry if um, unless I'm hunting somewhere there's, there's bears and panther. U usually the item that I'm hunting with is pretty proficient at taking oh. out whatever. A bow a bow's <laughs> not gonna help you too much. But. I, I can mess up a gator with a bow, yeah. <laughs> a panther or bear. But the biggest thing is if you have a bear and you, if it's something that's gonna actually attack, it's probably because it has cubs or it's sick. In which case you're gonna want to go ahead and. If you're going to do something, you know, it has to be pretty quick. Yeah. It's not like you can just draw up and hold on them. Or well, I do. Knock an arrow before you yeah. do it, you know. I had, I had one time I was, uh, I was like, spot and stalking. Because I think I told you about this. I, I came into an area. I spotted a buck on the side of the, the grade that I was driving on. And I decided I wanted to try and sneak up on it and get a shot on it. And I parked the car. I get out and grab my bow. And the buck just kind of, like casually walked into the tree line and then I'm getting my bow getting ready to run out there and then this like jeep pulls up and just starts screaming at the deer like run he's gonna kill you and this buck like I mean it was already into the trees at this point so I was like I'll just sneak in there and see if I can you know if it didn't go very far and I was sneaking around I had an arrow knocked and then I ended up kicking a bear out of a bush and like I mean it was it jumped up, it was confused as heck, it didn't know what the heck was going on, it ran like 20, 30 yards, and then just kind of looked back at me, but it didn't run away right away. Like, it just stood there and kind of looked at me, so I drew up my bow and started yelling at it, and was just like, go away, bear, you know, and, 
I mean, luckily he turned and ran, but but just for that second there, I was like, I might have to kill this bear with a bow, you know. So my experience, I mean, we see the we see the black bears, but black bears aren't much bigger, if any, bigger than the hogs in Florida. Like mm. just. I've seen three 400-pound hogs, and I've seen three 400-pound oh, bear. Yeah, I, guess I mean, you know, I, I don't worry about bear. Um, I go in the woods with my bow, you know, and I do it arrow knocked. Yeah. Because it's, I've walked into a doe on my way out to the stand during legal shooting hours. It, it, it happens. Yeah. So <clears throat> I walk around with the arrow knock if I need that. I do, panthers, we don't see them very commonly as far up north as we are, so I don't worry about that as much. Gators, I've never really had a concern for, because if I'm going through water, I try to go ahead and get through it quick and inspect before I go in it. What I worry about, though, is like what he was saying, I worry about uh, pigs, because I have been treed by one. We had a 22 out probably about 10 years ago and had shot a small hog from the ground and uh, mama got in there and she literally treated two of us and we couldn't get a clean shot on her because she was running around just making noise and aiming at the trees and she stayed there for literally about two and a half hours. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. A sow's aggressive, like the boars get huge but you, you shoot a smaller mm -hmm. hog and mama's close by she, there is no runaway in that mom. She is there. Yeah. So, so. I've never personally had it happen to me, but I've, I've heard multiple stories about this. Uh, I mean, you've seen them on hunting shows, I'm sure, uh, where they've done the same thing. And uh, it, it's just, that that would really be my most realistic concern, but I don't, I still don't carry yeah, one. I don't yeah. yeah, For me, I think the only time I actually carry a pistol in the woods is when I'm scouting because I'm covering ground I've never been to before. I don't know, a lot of times I'm walking through the water and I don't know if I'm going to step on a gator or get close to a gator. And, and, and then I don't have a weapon with me because I'm scouting. So I'll carry my pistol then. But other than yeah. that, I'm pretty much same. Except, when, like you said, when we're hunting in places where there's panthers and bears and you're walking in the woods in the, like in the dark, it's definitely, yeah. so, you know, you hear a branch move and you actually stepped on the branch, but you think you're about to die, you know. Well, the, the thing <laughs> is, also, in those areas that we have these panthers and bears, um, there's one particular area in, in the south and it's loaded with them. You know, you've never heard of anybody getting attacked by a panther or a bear, but if you put up a game camera within maybe two to three hours there's a bear ripping it down if you can reach yeah. it and they'll literally grab them and rip them off yeah, the trees there was one that we put it up two hours later we had pictures of the bears taking selfies with this thing it's like whipping it around it ended up like 10 feet away from the tree so, y'all don't know it, but he's actually being paid by the deer to make sure you don't get yeah. them on camera <laughs> he's barely making a living i mean yeah. <laughs> I'll do. oh my god wait i got the <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was terrible. <laughs> it's probably barefoot too. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say. I mean, I do carry one, but I, I carry one only during general gun season, and it's if I'm gonna, I'll carry it for hogs, uh, just to have a little more sport. You know, if if we're, um, especially just hunting from the ground. Yeah, uh, that's that's just fun for me. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't see any reason you have to. Cool. All right. So moving on to the next. Uh, yeah. Question. I, I also just thought we we didn't actually really introduce like who's sitting around the table right now. So it's probably 
I mean, people, people, mythical creatures. I mean, people know my voice at this point if they've been listening to the podcast. I'm Mark. <laughs> um, yeah. I've been kind of go, so people may have forgot who I am. I'm Danny. <laughs> yeah, what have, what have you been doing for the past few months? So I've been in the lab uh, creating this concoction. In four months, we built the a... The swamp rat. Yeah, pretty much. It's no, a swamp buggy. It lost that name. It's no longer the marsh it's, rat. It's not really a buggy. It's more like a straight frame truck that sits at 48 inches to the frame. The engine sits about a little bit higher than that, about 50 inches. The intake's right at six feet. So, I mean, it's going to get us around pretty good. But yeah, we went four months pretty hard building that thing, uh, Luke and I. Um, so that's what I've been doing. I put all my extra time into that. I don't know how many hours we have into it. You should see his yard right now. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much. <laughs> so what I've been telling people is I'm going to make this thing and then I'm going to sell safaris to go, <laughs> to go around the yard and make people spot dog. rabbits. We got peacocks, wild peacocks. Yeah. <laughs> wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It, this voice is Danny. And we're going to do some videos showing, or a video showing, like, how you built it. Because it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. We put a lot of time into this. We so. went from, like, frame up. The only thing that's um, we didn't build was an engine transmission. And we built up the axles, re-geared it, the whole, the whole nine yards, sitting on 40s, on yeah. tractor tires. It's pretty cool. It's going to be fun. So, so that's Danny. I'm Robert. I'm uh, apparently a first-time podcaster because the other one didn't sound right. Yeah, we, we actually did a podcast <clears throat> last year at this event, at this at this event, event. with uh, Robert and Alicia Wood. Alicia's in the background. Um, and, uh, yeah, you guys are the owners of Wood Hunting Saddles, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, we're just a small family-owned and operated hunting saddle manufacturer uh, based out of Jacksonville, Florida. Um you guys might be familiar with our work if you follow Mark and Danny this past season or two as they've been saddle hunting from uh, our saddles and we've done them in the high pine camo. And um, other than that, I mean, I spend most of my time behind a sewing machine and beg to get out hunting here and there. So that's it. Yeah, now if you guys are looking for a saddle, uh, you want to support a Florida company, that also happens to make what we believe to be the best saddles in the business. Go check out Wood Hunting Saddles and you can get 10% off if you use our coupon code SNS10. That's right. Um, either on our website, swampandstompllc.com, or their website, woodhuntingsaddles.com. But go to their website because it's less work for us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is, this is John. And back on for my third podcast, I think. Possible. Possibly. I, you I guys probably know me from a few of the videos. Yeah. Yep. And uh, probably when this podcast drops, they'll be getting your video only a few days later of your a nice buck that you killed last year. We, I mean, we had such a good season last year that we, we had too many videos to put out so we we saved a couple of them so you guys are going to get to see one of his bow kills uh from last year and it's pretty awesome footage it's it's really cool get you all psyched up for bow season coming up yeah oh that's a that's another thing quotas. we got quotas coming out yeah, next week next week probably tuesday or wednesday i would assume with the holiday so. being Monday. Dark. so probably by the time well actually this is probably i might just drop this tomorrow so it'll be it'll be out <coughs> But I hope everybody gets the quota permits that they wanted. And uh, if you do, 
and you need a guest, <laughs> give us a shout. It is up. <laughs> no, yeah, just kidding. But not really. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's who's sitting around the table right now. And then we have a, a whole uh, a whole side crew listening intently. The uh, all the, all the wives. Except mine. They've been threatened yeah. with us throwing stuff at them if they talk, so it's yeah. very silent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're sitting quietly. It's a remarkable thing. You've never seen women sit around so quietly. Watch it. Here comes the flying stuff. Yeah. Right. No, they're doing a great job. Oh, great. that's a shoe. <laughs> Put the dog down. No. <laughs> no, they're doing a great job being quiet. We appreciate you guys. Um, all right. Anyway, let's jump into the next question. Um, uh, all right. So he was asking about stuff that was stolen on public land. Who, who is stealing stuff? Yeah, that's a good, or if, if you're one of those stealing type people, send us a message and let us know. <laughs> how do you do it? Yeah. And how do you go home and sleep after that? Like, I guess he wanted to know if it's like other hunters. I, I think, I think it is. I think it is. I think yeah. a lot of times, like, I think it's hunters that are, that f- feel like they own that spot. You know, it's these like public land hunters that are like, oh, I've been hunting here for years. This is my spot. And I think they want to intimidate people or make them feel unwelcome in an area by taking their stuff. Like, I don't think people are walking through the woods going like, I'm out here to steal some cameras, you know. Yeah. Or even that they want it. It's it's more that, like, I just don't want them to have it here. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I, I think it's like they, or they know there's some good bucks. Like, personally, if my camera gets stolen, like, I'm taking that as a, like, this is a good spot. Like, somebody doesn't want me to be here. Somebody doesn't want you to see yeah, something. Yeah. If, you, if you took my camera from that area, I'm definitely hunting there. Like, I might even be in your tree next to you and you not know it. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that for for us, that's kind of what led us back to saddles. Like, I had tried saddles in the 90s with an uncle of mine. And um, I didn't really like it back then. They, they weren't comfortable. There was a giant, like, trophy line conglomerate. And there was the Anderson. Some people still had the tree slings and big bucks. And at that age, I'd rather carry a hang-on stand or, you know, a climber, especially when the little bakers had plywood and they weren't all that heavy to begin with. But um, in, I think it was, what, 2019, if I had to say, 18, something like that, Alicia and I had went out and we hung a ladder stand, two-man ladder stand, went through the whole season, and it was there. We did fine. I took her niece at the end of season, like a little bit after, and we were gonna go collect the sand, take everything down. We got out there and it, it was already taken down for us. Um, they, had, they had taken the fork that touches the tree, all the straps, like I had it changed so they couldn't take the whole stand, but anything that wasn't tied down that they were able to take off, bow hangers, drink hangers, pads, cushions, all that gone, everything gone. And they had knocked the ladder portion itself down. And that's, you know, you, you start dropping three, 400 bucks on the stand, it's kind of aggravating to go out there and do that. So that kind of led the full circle back to only saddles. Yeah. Regardless of what was available, what was comfortable, what wasn't, was that instance. So it was like, you gotta find a way to not have to deal with the thieving. And I can honestly say, my system fits in a backpack. And because it fits in a backpack, I don't have issues with it now. I mean, 
we hang our trail cams higher. We you know take a stick out and usually go about eight to ten foot high, just yep. out just out of reach of somebody. Because I'm, I'm feeling like most of these people more, are more taking importantly, things. it's not even that it's out of reach; sure. it's that they don't see it. Because right. people are walking through the woods looking at the horizon because they're looking for deer and they're right. looking at the ground. They're not looking up in the trees, and you can't steal something you can't see. That's yeah. true, and a lot of these things will blend in. And what I'm noticing with that too is even pictures that you get on trail cams, because you don't have the little red light right at eye level for the deer. They don't tend to pay as much attention to the minor. Yeah, yeah. So. an old mature buck can be spooked out of the area <laughs> because of those the camera. mature bucks mm-hmm. are like walking through and then they just <laughs> yeah. look straight up at your camera. It's I like, think you also have to be really careful of if you're going to be a thief out there. Is who you're stealing from? Like that one guy that stole from Hunting Beast. Oh. He ended up finding the guy. He friggin' saw his foot track, followed it back, and they ended up tracking the guy down somehow. Well, you and posted it online. And yeah, like, and then and he, people were telling the, him the guy quit. The yeah. guy gave he came back with his game cards and he gave it back to him. <laughs> it was like, so I mean, not as but, is it shady, but that's like. And on top of that, uh, there's a good period of time where these people are not only out there, but they're out there with guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's not yeah. a good idea. No. Well, and like. But I think that example you gave, like, where they, they basically dismantled your stand. Mm-hmm. Like, that, to me, that seems like a perfect example of, like, they're not stealing it because they want it. They're being malicious. They're being malicious. Yep. They, they want to keep you they out. They want, you out of to, that area. they want you to feel like you're not welcome there because they can't use your stand. Like, they took pieces of it, yep. you know? Or they'll steal your cables or clips yeah. off your stand. Yep. So what I ended up doing when I used to hunt another climber, I would use locks rather than clips. And if I was going to leave my stand overnight... Um, I would just log it to the tree, and then you'll come back and you'll find your cushion missing or something, you know. So it's just one of those things. But yeah, I think I think your response is great. Like, if, if somebody steals your stuff, like just make sure you spend as much time in there as possible. Maybe just ruin the entire season for them. What's that? I had a guy. Um, remember, remember when? I'm not even gonna. Repeat it. <laughs> we, we had a guy. We had a guy. We were hunting a, a WMA up in North Central Florida, and. Uh, I found a new spot that I really, really liked on the map. So it was already seasoned, but I'm like, well, let's go just check it out. <clears throat> you know, it's opening of gun there. Mm-hmm. And we're walking out, and it's a old horse trails. So they're growing over, they don't really show up. We're walking out, and as we're walking out, this guy starts waving from a pine tree. And we see him, but we're going a couple miles in. So you're hunting 40 yards off the trail. We're going in, he starts waving us down. I love this. Hey, man. I love this. Keep, keep on walking. Keep on walking. And then the guy, he goes from waving us down to whistling and, like, just jumping up in his little stand. He's like, hey, get the out of here. And I'm just like, we are. We're going to keep on getting about two miles that way. Oh, you're one of those guys. Like, he owned the public land. And I'm like, well, if you keep yelling at me, I'm going to be one of those guys that climbs the tree and sits next to you for the rest of this hunt. Yeah. Like, th- th- this is what's about to happen here because, you know, we're, we're not having a shouting match in the middle of me trying to get out here hunting because you don't own this. I'm not going to climb the tree and hunt with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody wants to be in your area. You're already here. You're set up. But it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Nothing's yeah. out. We're going for an evening spot, oh, yeah. and we're going two miles out. I mean, you know. Yeah, and you can't expect to sit by the parking lot and get upset at every person that leaves that parks their in car. Your car. Yeah. Like I have, I'll have at least five to six people walk by me on every hunt, just because of the way I hunt. And they'll yeah. they'll come out. I'll shoot something, and on the way in, they'll see me carrying something to my to my yeah, and like, bike what the or heck? whatever. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, so it's like 
Yeah. I have people pass me all the time. But, but that said, I think there's like a fine line too of like what is courteous in that situation because like, like for instance, you're coming in and you're you're passing them and mm-hmm. they're sitting in a spot where you can't get out there without passing them. Right. And so you're being, you know, you're being courteous to them, you're being quiet, you're slipping through there and getting the heck out of there and you're going far away. Yeah, I'm going that's, another mile and a half up. In my mind, that's fine. I won't even say anything to somebody walking by. A lot of times I just let them walk and don't even make a noise. But the situation where I feel like you lose that courtesy, I had a video of this last year. I had somebody walk in prime time, like we're talking 7.30, comes walking through and I whistled at the guy and I tried to get his attention and he, he like looks around and he couldn't figure out exactly where I was, but he knew kind of where I was. And then he just proceeded to walk in and set up like a hundred yards away from me, you know? And it's like, like, I wouldn't care if you were just like, all right, I'm going to keep on going. Um, but to then just set up in the same area as somebody else, like that's just not cool. And, and so, you know, th- these are all like sort of unspoken rules. Like they're not even really rules, but it's just like, we got to have, a little bit courtesy. of courtesy, you know, when you're out there and, uh, you know, what, what's, what's proper etiquette, you know, and, and actually one of the other questions that, that Elliot had asked was about, you know, he, he had mentioned that one of the things he's like really worried about, cause Elliot's a relatively new hunter and he's worried that he's going to go into an area and be successful and kill a buck that somebody's been after for a while he's patterned he's a term patterned yeah Yeah. Uh, like good luck patterning bucks in florida i know my previous episode we actually talked all about patterning and there are people that manage to do it but it's not easy to do just because somebody knows that a buck exists just because they have pictures of it on their camera does not make that their buck and and he was basically worried that people would uh like be angry if he killed a buck (laughs) in an area that they were hunting it's like yeah, there's probably going to be people out there that are going to be oh. angry. But at the end of the day, like, it's public land. Let's just be courteous. Let's have proper woodsman etiquette. And if somebody kills a buck that I wanted to kill and they did it in a respectful way, they weren't sitting right on top of a spot I was already at, I'm going to shake their hand and congratulate them like anybody else. You know? yeah, and even if they were five feet from your tree... There's nothing you can do about it anyway. And realistically, who's going to be like, oh, that's that's Mark's buck. Um, just going to go ahead and let him slide this time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I'm going to walk through. You mean like that one time when somebody killed a buck out of your stand? <laughs> it is not, it's not going to happen. People are just going to be like, it is what it is. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah, you can't claim deer. Even if you name it, you can buy it a ring. Ain't yours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it ain't livestock. It ain't got a little red tag in its ear that yeah, says yeah. property of me. You know, yeah. this ain't Yellowstone, buddy. It's yeah. not your cow. But um, Or even if you, like, shot one and injured it, but you didn't kill it, and then somebody else ends up killing it. That's where it gets him. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you don't get a it's ham. like, if you didn't kill it, like, if you didn't make a fatal shot, like, sorry, it's not your deer. Yeah. Like, That's where it gets muddy to me. Like, I, I was listening to an old YouTube video uh peter updike i believe it was and he hunts a lot of like ocala and places like that he was talking about that well you know if you do kill a deer and somebody else had shot it too or they're trying to claim it you split the meat um first of all i'm finding my arrow i'm finding my arrow if it was a pass through whatever i'm finding that all right if you find the deer it was my deer but i have seen where you shoot one and you know it's going to be a terminal shot because it hit in the general kill zone somebody else will put a second arrow in it just because it came by them you know 
in a fit of panic and lay down. Yeah, Mug, Mug actually shot a deer, killed it, and there were two guys dragging out of the woods. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. That's where it gets muddy because people will go up and try to claim that before you get to it. And, and he, it. he, yeah, they kept it, and he actually went and tracked down their their tracks to where they were hunting. And when he got over there, there was corn everywhere. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's like not, and they were hunting. They were hunting like a few hundred yards from where he was, and, and you know he saw the deer was dragged in whatever direction. He followed the tracks uh, back to where they came from, and yeah, found. Corn. So insane. Like, yeah, it's just people out there that just don't care about the rules, and you know, unfortunately, they That's make us feel bad. But you know, we'll, all we can do is try and lead by example, and just you know, be be bigger, bigger, better people than than the others. Yeah, you know, we're we're a brotherhood. Like I really don't see it this way, but but I do. Like and, and it's we're a brotherhood. Like you've got a lot of people that don't want hunting to exist. There's yeah. a lot of people that are anti-shooting animals, anti-carrying weapons, anti-this and that. And so if you're out enjoying public land and you're out there enjoying the right to shoot an animal so that you can eat it, so you can have that pretty head on your wall, just like you do with fishing, catching a nice you know, bass or a nice redfish, remember that that other person out there putting in that work and doing the same thing, Y'all are on the same side. It's like it don't seem enemy. like it, right? No. That, I mean, that that guy at the end of the day is paying the same licensing fee. He's paying the same WMA permit fee, and he's helping the same resources that you are. And you don't know how much work he put in either. Yeah. I mean, unless you're on video camera following him around, you don't know how much scouting he did. How you know? So be be courteous. Just be courteous. Mm, it's yeah. not that hard. Mm-hmm. That should just be like the name of this podcast. Be courteous. <laughs> yeah. I just. I, I find it funny when um, when when you are walking into the woods, like like woods example of somebody, you know, making a scene, and you're like, you're the one making noise. I'm just slipping through, man. Yeah. And like like I got it. I see you. But just because your tree stands here, listen, I can go out and around and put a lot more scent rubbing on bushes rather than come down the trail. And, and ruin your spot more if you'd really like me to. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but it's, it is, it's comical to me, and that's why I was saying I, I love this. When, when well, next time when we came out, he, he had went to the spots where we were at and had literally tied little red ribbons to every tree every 30 feet away. And I, okay, so you now made me think, what, that there's a lot of people hunting this? Okay, cool. That just tells me you're trying that hard to keep somebody out. I definitely need to be here. Yeah. Obviously, you saw something on camera that you, I didn't see, so I'm going to be right there next and time. And then you climbed the tree, and the sun came up, and there was 30 hunters around you. Well, yeah, you know, that, that, it's, it'd be funny, but if it happened, there's nothing you can do about it. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's out of your hands at that point. It's public land. You know, and I mean, the, the number of times that, like, we've set up in a spot, thought, ah, we don't like this, let's go move somewhere else. Like, you know, that's the great thing about being a mobile hunter. Like, if you do end up in a spot where you're like, oh, there's too many people here or whatever, Move. Move. You know, if you're dealing with somebody who just does not want to be respectful and just like, I'm hunting here, like no matter what, like whatever, you can have it. You probably suck at hunting anyway. I'll go somewhere else. I do my absolute best to, if if somebody is walking through, I, I try to be unnoticed. I don't want them mm-hmm. to know I'm there. Yeah, yeah same. I, I know. That's right. Well, and, and frankly, like, you know, not to like toot our own horns or anything, but it's gotten to the point now where like, 
people like recognize us if they like see us in the tree and I don't necessarily want them to know where we're hunting. People have been very respectful. Like there's a handful of people out there that have found they our know spots. Exactly and, where we hunt. Yeah. <laughs> like, areas at least. Certain people know, but yeah. you know, they don't go out there and hunt it. Um, but I did have somebody last year. I think I've actually mentioned this before on the podcast, but somebody came in and I like tried to get their attention cause they were like basically walking right into the bedding area that I was hunting next to. And, I just like whistled and got their attention. It was like prime time. The guy looks up at me and he's like, "Hey, are you Mark?" I'm like, "Oh, like I was." Yeah. <laughs> now I'm pissed. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What the, the point is like it's better to just let people walk by. Yeah. And, like, yeah, no. I try not to. If they happen to look at my general area, I'll be like, I wave at them or something. But I'm not like trying to make a scene and screaming up there because my my sound is going to travel way further than the, what that couple little, steps he's that, making, through. making yeah that's and, right and honestly i've been in hunting in areas where a buggy goes by or a truck goes by and i think the deer are like okay the danger's gone and then they'll come out that happens very often and it's like that's what i'm saying people will go by and here comes a deer <laughs> yeah i mean i i've even seen it where like a deer will be i remember one time a deer was walking towards me and then a buggy came driving through. Oh, you know, I was hunting right next to, like, one of the main trails. So, like, you know, it's like we were talking about. It's kind of the way we hunt. We like to look for yeah. the spots that most people, people pass. Yeah, most people ignore. <clears throat> well, this deer's walking right to me, and then a buggy comes through, and the deer laid down in the tall grass. It just, like, laid down, and the buggy just drove by and never noticed there was a deer there. And then after, the you know, it passed, the deer got back up and started moving. And unfortunately, it didn't come to me, but, you know, it's just prime example of like doesn't yeah. bother them that yeah. much realistically it's, yeah, it's part of life you know it's just normal like, to them it's like they can watch you come and then leave you know it's like how many times you've been out in the woods where you're like walking through and then you stop to chit chat deer standing right and there. then all of a sudden a deer take you've been standing there for like a minute and suddenly a deer gets up and runs away and it was 20 yards away from you in the bushes it's because they weren't worried about you passing by yeah, they were, it was the fact the that you there, it's yeah. the fact that you stopped and stayed right next to them they're like all right this isn't safe anymore and then they take off so yeah. um you guys want to go to the next question sure yeah, i think that, i think that one's good um all right so e-bikes you want to know does he have to have an e-bike? Is it really that much better to have an e-bike? Do we need e-bikes? No. No. Absolutely not. We did it for a long time without it. Oh, yeah. I still do it on a mountain bike. I'm too uh, cheap to buy an e-bike. So. Yeah. It's a convenience. It's a luxury. They're expensive. And, and frankly, I don't know how long, but soon, I don't even think we'll be able to use them on public land anymore. Well, some of them, I, I think they're already starting to exit them out. Um, well, now, now they recently changed the rules so that you have to have a class one bike. So you can't have a throttle anymore. So those of you that do have a throttle, you better take that thing. How off is that going to affect places like Ocala where they allow the buggies and the four wheelers down there? So, so the thing is a class two bike is, uh, is considered non motorized. No, it's a motorized vehicle. So anywhere that you are allowed to drive a motorized vehicle, so right. like the main roads, the main trails. Stuff, you can use an e-bike, no problem, but you it's not considered a bicycle until it's a class one, which means that it only operates pedal. under pedal assist yeah. and it uh, will only propel you to a maximum of 20 miles per hour. So um, not that you want to be doing that off-road because you'll no. die. But, um, but anyway, you know, you can still have the class two bikes. And I think a lot of people out there are using class two bikes. That's fine, but you just can't do it off of 
the main trails where you're allowed to drive a car as well. I even saw in the rule change something about 750. They did Lodge. add that into the 750 watts, and you can't go above yeah. that. That's so. that's actually, I'm pretty sure that's always been part of it. They never had the numbers in there. Yeah. They never had the actual mm -hmm. wattage in it. It was, it was just hearsay. Oh, but okay. they now, if you look in the pamphlets, it'll actually say 750 watts um, yeah. or lower, and or not capable of going over X amount of speed. I think it's 20 miles an hour. Yeah, but, but anyway, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I mean, they, they're not necessary. They do help, um, especially if you have, um, like me, I have bad circulation in my legs. So it really helps in dragging gear in, dragging deer out, and or um, getting to like further spots and stuff. But you just got to be mindful also because that battery doesn't last forever. And I've had it in situations where I went out pretty far and then shot something. On the way back, the battery dies. And then the last quarter mile is like death. Yeah. <laughs> remember, that one, remember that one time you like went out somewhere, you were scouting or something, and you got about as far out as you could possibly get. And then some wiring messed up you remember uh, when you were having a chain break or whatever. And like... And then, and then you had to walk back, and you were super and angry. Pushing the bike, too. Yeah. So you're not just walking. You're yeah, now walking the bicycle. Now you also have a 70-pound bike that you got to carry yeah. out. So. And it's not easy. I mean, they pedal pretty well on hard pack, but yeah. they don't pedal easily through the it's grass. Those sand, fat tires. Yeah. yeah, even just grass. Like, like grass, it's not, it's well, not and, great at all. And still, like, like, even, you know, this is something I've, like, told a lot of people about with the e-bikes. Like, it's really easy to, like, pass by a really good sign when you're biking because... Oh, yeah. You know, when I'm scouting, the only time I'm really using the e-bike is if I'm like trying to get to a general area. But once I get there, I'm ditching the bike and I'm walking yeah. because that's how you really pick an area apart. Foot on the ground is the best way to find something. You're exactly. not going to pass if, it real if, fast. If you're like riding down a trail looking for tracks, like, yeah, you might see a track or two. It's, and, it's like, and that's the point where you go, okay, I got to throw my bike down and really figure out what's going on here. It's hard to even see a rub when you're yeah. bouncing and, and going. Like, yeah. like your yeah. vision kind of does that wobble. And, and you're paying attention to the trail in front of you. You're not it's, trying to like yeah. flip off the bike. Now, if I'm on like a nice fire break or something that's pretty clean, I'll, you know, I'll look around and, and see all kinds of stuff. But yeah. if you're going through some stuff, then yeah, you, you really, you really got to pay attention because otherwise you're going to, you can easily break a bone I think, falling off that I bike. I think the bike becomes, like, most valuable when you know exactly where you're going. Like, when you have your spot already picked out and you're, like, trying to get in there quietly without really breaking much of a sweat. Yeah. Um, That's the biggest know. thing, the sweat. Yeah. Like, when, when you know exactly where you're going hunting, you want to ride in quietly, carefully, um, and then get up your tree without making... Yeah you know, making a big racket, walking through thick stuff. Yeah, that's when it's helpful. It's like minimal impact on scent yeah. when you cruise through uh, like a horse trail or a, yeah. or a fire break. You're not putting and your feet down, you're not touching exactly. the plants. And you can yeah. do it so quietly. And that's the biggest thing, like you're not gonna get there and be pouring sweat. Yeah. Where if, if I walk, and our archery season, it's like 100 degrees outside, <laughs> you walk five feet and it's like, you're sweating. Yeah, whereas like actually finding those spots, I think you're better off without the bike, you yeah. know, just walking. Yeah. So so to those of you that can't afford one, don't worry about it. It's You can still be a very effective owner without them. And in fact, some of the better hunters that I know don't have e-bikes. Yeah. Or, or even take real mountain bikes. I've seen some of the best hunters that I know just foot on the ground guys, period. Yep. Um, I, so this wasn't actually one of his questions, but it was something that came up while we were talking with him and i just wanted to mention this because i think it's like one of the 
most common mistakes I see on public land is off season, people think that they can kill hogs. Because our rules are written in such a, well, I don't want to say it's a stupid way, but it's confusing because we have, we have entire zone rules that are blanket rules that apply when you're on private land, but then all the rules in a WMA supersede those. So the, whatever you see in that booklet it's, supersedes. It's and unless, unless that booklet says that it is legal to take hogs during you know, this time frame, and usually on, on most of the WMAs where you are allowed to take hogs in the off season, it's not just like wide open. There's like certain time periods. Wild hog they'll season. A, they'll yeah, actually they have, have like, hog yeah, hunts. they'll have a hog season. And so, um, but I've seen this so many times, especially during turkey season. I feel like this happens a lot. I'll be out there doing something and then I see, you know, a, bu a bunch of noobs driving by with like a bunch of people sitting in a pickup truck. They're all decked out in orange and they've got AR-15s, you know, and it's usually these people that are like gun enthusiasts, like, oh, I want to try hunting and they don't really understand the rules. And then I, I'm like, hey guys, <laughs> you can't you can't have a rifle out here right now it's it's turkey season and i remember i uh during this turkey season i was scouting like the i think it was like the day or two before i think it was the day before season opened and i get back to the truck and this dude comes walking out of the woods with a shotgun and i was like you know you can't you can't have a shotgun out here right now season's closed and he's like no it's not I was like, yeah, no, turkey season starts tomorrow. You can't have a gun out here right now. And he's like, oh, I'm hog hunting. I'm like, you can't hog hunt either. And then he's like, oh, well, I'm quail hunting. It's like, you can't quail hunt either. Like, he's like, it's small game. I was like, no, small game ended a week ago. Yep. There's nothing that is open so, right now. I do have a question about this. It's just open carry. So, yeah, are you open carry a shotgun? You yeah. can. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I, I carry a pistol scouting sometimes. That is yeah, an that's, that's, <laughs> Is it different? Yes, yes. Um, hunting seasons allow open carry. In Florida, it is illegal to open carry outside of hunting seasons. So if your season's closed and the other no, one has not, not opened, it true. is true. That's not true. It's not true at all. It's not true at all. You cannot open carry in Florida. Hunting and fishing. And anything Unless you're hunting or fishing. So if fishing. you're not in season of fishing, is a little different because you'd be on a boat or on the shore with a rod or in hand. Even, even like camping. walking, it's hold, holding, activity. holding. Yeah. Uh, I've seen nothing that says you can do it camping. I have not seen anything that says you can do it in camping. Because we were having this conversation on, um, was it called Hunting Florida or whatever, where they actually had a guy chime in that was in law enforcement about it. But fishing, you, you can say you're fishing because you're close to the water, but if you're not sitting there rod or net in hand, you're not really yeah, fishing. But it, the no. rule is written to and from, and so on, like, I can carry it on, on your, my way there. Not, not Yes, on your way to and from, but if you stop and go to a gas station on the way, now you're not on your way anymore. You have to leave it in the car. Well, if you, so when you get in the car, like even then, it, the concealed carry applies when you pull into the parking lot until you're actually exiting the parking area and going into the zone. Like a boat ramp, you can't just run around open carry at boat ramps. You can't do it. So that's that's where know. it's that's you know where what? it this gets. This is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna check in with an FWC law enforcement guy. That's that. what that's what we'll have to do because. The, the way that, that guy, I mean, he, he broke it down almost like systematically with where it would be considered yes and where it would be, okay, you've now muddied that 
that rule. Yeah, but some of that's probably interpretation of the officer. Well, the officer, that's regardless of, a lot cooler. of that muddy area. When you're in the woods, you can open carry. Like if you're scouting or hunting or fishing or whatever, you can open carry out there. No doubt about it. When you get into the woods, you can open carry. So I thought that but, was only in season. That's my understanding. Is it has to be a season so that you're participating in I mean, the action? I know. I feel like that is the case when it's a long gun, like a shotgun or a rifle. I don't think you. I don't like, think to differentiate. I don't, I don't think, think you'd be you like I'm open carry. You can this. say I don't have a pistol, like, and but I'm still technically allowed to do this. This is a great topic. I'm going to ask my law enforcement friend, and we're going to we're going to address this in the next podcast he's like yeah curious. I'm a felon that's why I'm carrying this muzzle loader <laughs> <laughs> but it oh, has to be it has musket. to be prior to 1923 muzzle loader oh, muzzle loader is, is not considered a center fire uh, a muzzle, it's, not considered, it's not fire. considered like a fire but, but there is a cutoff like it, when you do the course to explain this there is a cutoff of oh, date that yeah that it's it's got to be a model number it's like maybe. 1923 or older it has to be a prior to it can't be a such date yeah, yeah. a modern yeah a modern has too much gun capacity for a felon to be allowed to do it like in some of these newer ones you don't even mix the powder and push down the thing it's it's all a pre yeah the, what's it called the power stick yeah fire stick i think it's fire stick yeah all right well, anyway uh We'll figure all that stuff out. What the heck was the question? I don't even remember where we started. Oh, oh it wasn't even that was question. the question. That was, was just was an off track. Yeah. Yeah, I'm anyway, glad you brought that up, though. The, the point is the rules in the brochure supersede everything else. So check your brochures before you start heading out there to do whatever it is you're going to do. Yeah. And your zone, your zone general rule specifies that it's private land for year-round hog hunting. Private land, meaning you yeah. own it or you have a written permission from the owner of the property to do it. Or now not sovereign now, land. Yeah, I was going to say there there is the, the loophole of sovereign lands, which are unmanaged public lands. There's only a few areas that I know of that, that fall into that category. There's like everything you're inside of your name them, are you? What? You're yeah. not seeing yeah. your name them, are you? No, 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 no. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Usually it's, it's, usually it's anyway. like a, a tidal marsh. You probably see Something where the water comes second. up it, and down, there's where your sovereign land. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, pretty much something to do with uh, the, like the high water mark. The high water the average, average water mark or something. I don't know what it is. I don't know the things. It's way too gray area for me. I just hunt yeah. some WMAs. Anyway, moving on. Just getting way too close to the law. Um, we are not legal advisors. Yeah, we are definitely. Yeah, don't don't take anything that we say as. A Look legal it up advice. for yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, so this this one's actually worth touching on, I guess. Uh, he was asking about blaze orange because in some of our videos you don't see our blaze orange. I think it's worth mentioning that. Uh, first of all, if it's archery season, we are hunting with a bow. We are not wearing blaze orange. You don't have to. Other than that, if we're hunting with guns, a lot of times we just tie it around our waist so you guys can't see it in the video. Um, but yeah, you do have to wear it above your waist. Above your waist, yes. yeah. We, 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 yeah. Me and John were talking about Well, no, about I mean, that. like, you know, when I say around my waist, I'm talking like, you know, above my saddle. Right. Like, cummerbund. Just because it's so hot, you know, I don't oh, want it yeah. all over me. So just tie it around your waist there. It's still above the waist. And it's it still is visible. 500 inches. Yeah, 500 inches. It's still visible. 
Uh, but anyway, if you know, if you've noticed, like in some of our videos, you don't see us uh, wearing it all the time. It's because it's on us. It's just not where the camera's pointing. There is no rule that says it can't be broken up or in different areas. They may have it below their elbow at the sleeves. They can have it tied around where their belly button is, just so they're cooler in the upper. And they're wearing hats and things. Yeah. So yeah. So. Um, Sometimes even during archery season, I will carry a hat if I gotta walk through an area that has a lot of people. I will pop the hat on to walk to yeah, and from my tree stand. Yeah, I be shot with yeah. a bow no more so. I don't no. be shot with a gun. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that being any fun. Uh, the That's really all we got for, for questions from him. <laughs> cool, so, so we're going to name this podcast after him. Yeah, Elliot's <laughs> Questions. Elliot, Elliot's Pondering. So now we can just go in any direction we want. What do you guys want to talk about? Well, um... Pretty excited for um, the remake of this this here event. I think uh, hopefully we, the weather holds up a little better, and I think um, I think it's gonna be pretty cool because it's gonna be like an opportunity to blow this thing out of the water. Yeah, you know? I, let's just make it bigger. Yeah. We have more time to promote now. All the work's already done. Invite your friends. Yeah, let's tell all your friends to come. Like seriously, let's make this thing huge. Um, we, you know. There really is good stuff to win, guys. Yeah. Seriously, if we get, if we get, I'm going to be putting into the raffles because like there's yeah. some good stuff. Yeah. And if we get a like good turnaround, I mean, I, I think even if we don't, we're we're planning on doing one potentially up in uh, Central Florida. Yeah. Is that going to be this coming off season? Or? I think it's going to be like February, February. is what we talked about, right? Yes. Yeah, so and on top of that, Brandon also uh, he's he's planning on doing his archery unleashed. He wants to do one in January, so there's going to be some good events coming during that time of the year. So, what, what is this in February if we're going to do it? What do you think, that one, Robert? That one will it'll be incorporated into the final day of the Saddle Hunter Meetup that we call Saddle Falooza. Um, basically, it's a full weekend of saddle madness. Yeah, for for people that that weren't there, um, the last weekend of February this year, we did a big. Everybody came in on Thursdays and Fridays. We had out of state guys, even we had people from far away as Pennsylvania, come down. Um, the budget sportsman was there. You guys were there. Swamp Stop, Mad Hunts Adventures. Peter from Florida Camo was up there. And it was just the largest gathering of saddle hunters or people that are interested in saddle hunting, getting the opportunity to meet people, discuss other ways to climb, other ways to get up and down the tree, um, ways they're hunting. We had a ton of, some of the stuff hadn't even been released. Like we had the XOP Invader there that we're gonna have mm. this this uh, demo day here. We, we had, had Pelicans. Yeah, yeah, we did. Cool. We had the air guns. Yeah, we T-dubs, did. We, T-dubs. Absolutely. We've got some unreleased stuff for this one too. We have the yeah. that new tethered lockdown, which apparently apparently has some new features on it that they haven't talked about yet. And this is gonna be the well, it was gonna be the first event where it was shown. Yeah. But now there might be some other events before then. So. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, because they're having their anniversary thing next month, or no, next weekend. Their big four-year, five-year anniversary they're having up in Tennessee the same right. weekend as the Mobile Hunter Expo. But, um, so, I mean, that's, that's it's we're going to add, basically, to make Saddle Flues even better, we're going to add this SH3D tournament to it. So not only will you have the opportunity to try a bunch of new gear and stuff like that, you'll also have the opportunity to come out if you're a 
a big archery guy in a shooter tournament. And you'd be surprised, like I was surprised last year, guys that are usually ringers, like just mm -hmm. killing it from ground level 3D tournaments are like 95, 100 score pin shots on. Yep. So, you know, they're not scoring near as high as I was expecting some of them to just because you put them in a saddle a couple feet off the ground. I mean, it, it you know, that's the whole reason that we wanted to do this event is like, it, it changes things. Like, it changes the way that you shoot it. It makes it sometimes more difficult to maintain your form. And if you don't practice, then when the time comes to actually harvest an animal, like, you're going to have to find out the hard way that things are different. And then you have new guys that came in that never shot from a saddle that just killed it. Yeah. That one guy, he's never shot from a saddle, and he came in there, man. If he hadn't missed two targets completely, yeah, he would have taken the whole thing. Yeah. Because he was, he was shooting 10s and 12s the whole time. It, it's, it was insane. It's, it's, it's I didn't get to shoot it. I'm excited to shoot it this year. Yeah, I thought you were, yeah, you were saying last year you were going to do it. And you then... shot it? I broke my arm. I couldn't shoot. Oh, I thought you... No, you, remember, you, I was in a cast. I was in a cast. I don't remember you being in the... I don't think you were. You that shot it. That's what, not when you went yeah. out or in the cast. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I was definitely in the cast for this event last year. Was yeah. it? No. Yeah, 100%. I didn't get to shoot it. 100%. Okay, yeah, the girls oh, yeah. are saying you are, so apparently their memory is better than ours. I have pictures. Oh, you know what I'm thinking yeah. of? I'm thinking of that other uh, BHA event we did, you shot. No, oh, that's different. Yeah, that was another event. But, but now the anchor points like center of gravity, trusting your equipment, like all that plays in when you're in the saddle. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes guys that are just ringers on their feet. It gives you guys that, that are just general hunters from an elevation and especially guys that have hunted from saddles, you the playing field becomes a lot more equalized. Yeah. And when we make it a three D saddle tournament, it equalizes the playing field quite and a bit. It's well funny because you're not you're not twenty, thirty feet up in a tree. You are anywhere from two to ten feet off the ground well, max yeah and this this one like two gonna, to five this yeah. one we're going to be doing you know pretty much every one of them is going to be six. from an elevated yeah. position so it'd be like five or six feet but but you know the whole point of it is we're gonna we're gonna get you up there and you're gonna you're gonna have to move around the tree the way that you can do with with a saddle and so it's going to be really that's something uh, else we changed up this year was the positioning of the targets instead yeah. of just having one or two, whether both strong side or just the strong side, weak side, you're doing three. Yeah, it's going to be each station you're going to get up, you're going to shoot three arrows, you have three different targets, and they're going to be in different spots. So uh, you're going to have to work your way around the tree. To, that's code for only one of them is easy. <laughs> that's or none I of them are easy. Didn't you know. know you guys were doing, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. one Stimulate of the things more realistic, yeah. you know. What slowed us down the most last year was the climbing up and clipping in. So we figured we'd minimize that and maximize the number of targets you shoot from each station. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think the changes we've made to, to the event this year are, are going to make a huge difference. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be really enjoyable. Yeah, a little bit more streamlined. So. I, I just hope that, you know, most of the people that we're planning to come today are going to be able to make it on July 22nd. Um, I think so. I think a lot of people were uh, looking forward to this, and I, I think, think it's gonna. I think it gives enough time for people to rearrange their schedules, and we can re-promote. Um, the other, the other thing that you have to keep in mind is a lot of um, times when you go out and do these target, these three D tournaments, you can probably have like one or two arrows that you carry with you because you're only using that one arrow unless you lose it and you use the second one. But you're gonna have to carry at least three arrows, maybe even four, yeah, um, so that you can shoot each one of those and then. Get down, let the next person shoot, and then go and, and yeah, score it up. I'm probably gonna 
just keep my quiver on. Yeah, my I was thinking of doing That's the same what thing. I do when I hunt. I, I'm, I'm a quiver on shooter when I hunt. Like I just, when I hang it from the strap on the side of the tree, having the quiver on keeps it a, a couple more inches off the tree. So when I'm getting it off the hook, it's actually quieter. Mm -hmm. I actually remove it off the bow yeah, and I, I hang it separately uh, and I, I slide I, an arrow down to I'll the leave, grab. I yeah. always I always knock my arrow and I leave my quiver because I'll carry three I usually carry three arrows I'll keep one knocked and then two in the holster for in case but that's you know so um different topic real quick you guys have any cool plans this year for uh for hunting season because I know you you and I are talking about potentially doing Kentucky um, we don't really know exactly what the plan is, but I think the general plan is to go back to the area where Danny and I hunted. Danny already got his buck, so he's not invited this time. Uninvited. <laughs> I just can't make it. No, he's, I can't he's swing in, it. I he's invited. Projects. He's invited, but uh, he doesn't like hanging out with us anymore. Yeah, I think just yeah. life was uh, a little crazy for you and I. We both bought houses. <laughs> well, I bought one. I bought one two weeks ago, and you're about to buy one in about two weeks. Well, so. He's closing yeah. on his. His yeah. is pretty much bought at this point, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said when I was at that stage too, and then a bunch but, of ran, a bunch um, of random stuff shows up at the last. We're thing. definitely gonna do some. I'm I'm definitely gonna do some cool stuff as far as you know, travel around the state uh, at absolute minimum to yeah. you know different zones. And then there's a fair chance. I don't want to like say we're getting it for sure, but there's a fair chance that we might get the sandbar hunt this year. Hopefully, we have yeah. enough points for it. Like well, if we get that done, that's going to go hard on that. But I do want to do the white tail one. Y'all are y'all are at four, so uh, <laughs> most people I know get it somewhere between four and seven. So yeah, I mean it, it really depends. No matter what, it depends on the year, you know. Um, but it, it's possible that we get it, um, and then on top of that, uh, there's a there's a few people that have invited me on guest spots for sort of guaranteed quota permits because they have so many points. We'll see if those come through. Come through. Um, you guys have been called out in public now, so we're uh, we're well. I ain't gonna ask. We, we're doing we're doing Kentucky. I'll be doing Kentucky with a couple guys from work, and that's uh, October 9th through the sixteenth that I'll be up there. Are you doing private? Uh, no, it's public. We're doing Higginson Henry. Okay. So uh, we want to check out Spot land. Naming. Yeah, we want to check out land between the lakes, but yeah, that's it's out of state. It ain't like it's some secret up there. There's only about three or four that they really, really love on that side of the state. Nobody hunts with a bow in Kentucky anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people do. Remember when we went over there and they're like, hunting season's not till November. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm doing that one. Uh, we applied for a sandbar also as a group, a couple of us from the forum. And oh, that'd then, be cool if we all get it. Yeah, I've only got a couple points, so it probably won't. Apparently, oh. when you, uh, you, yeah, you can't turn that in, in the group, is you, you what the points yeah, they go off. You can't of. turn that thing back in, so if you don't show up when you do draw it, you lose your point. Like it's, yeah. yeah. So we're starting yeah, from scratch. Yeah, it's like if you get I'll it, like you're going. Two. Yeah. Um, and I do want to do the white tail on St. Vincent because A, it's a great scouting opportunity, and B, I think there's a lot of, a lot of deer out there. They're not huge but there's a lot of deer so we're gonna try and do that one i was always told they were more closer to like key deer size they're, they're pretty like body-wise pretty small they're, they're not real big i mean yeah. there's no soil quality on that island yeah. like it's sand everywhere yeah if we do end up getting it i think we should try and get uh is it austin pope dream team tv he's got that youtube channel he harvested i think he i think he hunted it two years in a row and he uh he harvested one 
or maybe even two. I'm not really sure. He's like one of the only people I know of that actually has been successful out there. So her, my wife's uh, co-worker, it's a nephew, shot the one last year. Oh yeah, and I think it was. It was a stud. It'd be cool to do a little sandbar. Chest deep in water? Because anytime I've ever seen them or heard of them getting shot, they're always chest deep in water, so you're out there dragging them out of it. Just float them yeah, a little bit. It's a lot uh, easier to move them in water. My, yeah, but you're, you're literally, I'm talking chest deep on you. Like, you're walking out there almost to your head to drag them yeah. out. My brother's like, roommate his, uh, um, was on a hunt with his father-in-law. His father-in-law killed one. So, really? Um, it was a... It was a doe. It's definitely a pretty a cool opportunity cow, we cow. have here. That's cool that you can shoot cows in. Um, yeah. Well, so there's cow, there's cow tags. Yeah, so they, like 50% of the, there's, it's like 50% of the permits will get one. Hmm. Uh, okay. And they'll just run down the list. It's random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, the way they do is they just like, you have your list and just put it random and then every other person gets yeah. issued one. So you walk up the check-in. Okay, it's not your turn. He walks up. Oh, it's your turn. Here you go. So yeah, it, it's very, very... That's pretty cool. Yeah, hopefully we can get it. If you I go mean, with a group, somebody's going to have a cow tag. Right. And the white tail, with the white tail, I don't remember them having any rule. I guess it depends on the years, what they tell you with that one. Mm-hmm. But the year that we went, there was, you could shoot doe or. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, for me, I think um, not only that hunt is going to be pretty neat, but being that I got this, um, going to have this buggy done, I'm going to do a lot more um, trying to hunt places that I can use the buggy. Not like so two. much to hunt from it, but um, to get access to certain areas yeah. and things where I'm not beating up my truck. So that'll be nice. So I'll be doing some a little bit further out there kind of hunts. In, I'm not off the buggy, like pretty much just getting access to, yeah. to spots, to islands and such. But I think that's the kind of buggy that you build. It's no. not... It's not, not the crushing. kind of, Yeah, it's not the kind of buggy where you just like run over everything and scare things out and shoot yeah. at them, which in my opinion, it's it's just... Not really the type of hunting I want to do. Um, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've done a lot of that. I know. Uh, we used to have one, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's it, you're right. It's completely different. And, and and since I've become a better hunter, otherwise from that, uh, I I don't enjoy that like I used yeah. to. That's how I was with running dogs. As I got better at you know actually going out and spinning foot on the ground, it was less exciting to let dogs run stuff out of the woods. Yeah. It's a lot more exciting to go out and look for them yourself. Unless they're like, your dogs that you have spent an immense amount of time training, it's not the same. When they're your dogs, you feel a little bit, you know, like, like more responsible, I guess, uh, for... Accomplished, Yeah, I think. accomplished, like, you know. Like, you taught them how to behave, you know, and work like a pack and work like a team. And so when they are successful, it's really cool. But I've gone on one of those dog-hog hunts, and, you know, it was cool, like... It was it was fun, but it's not what I want to do. Well, like with the deer, like up in uh, it's more like a drive, yeah. Yeah, I will say even with the deer though, what I've noticed a lot is the deer that get shot are usually smaller. Like the the, the bigger, more mature animals are going to find the closest doe or the closest small buck and run right across that bedding and circle back. So then the dog loses its train of thought when the other one takes off. So what ends yeah. up running running back at you when you're letting that pack go is usually the smaller deer because the bigger yeah. one got smart, hit that creek, ran across <laughs> his bedding, and is gone. So Or knows the property line. Or <laughs> <laughs> if I get just here, they can't come after me no more anyway. Yeah. It's, yeah. I know where all these fawns are. Just yeah. <laughs> the, big, the big deer can make that leap over the eight-foot fence, you know, you're going mm-hmm. on to the private, stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then they're protected in a high fence area until mm-hmm. until somebody wants them. That's it. 
Um, there's food here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, for this season in general. Like, I think there's a lot of potential plans, uh, and we just need those darn quota permits to come out. So I know, it's so much anxiety. Like, 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 you're like... You have all these hopes and dreams, and, and it's like, it's kind of like a dreadful day for me because right. I'm like, I am, I'm, I'm not getting anything this year. Yeah. No, <laughs> no well, like, I'll get some stuff, but we'll get, we'll get something. But like, for me, it's always like, as soon as the permits come out, like I'm, I'm planning my entire year. Mm -hmm. Like I'll, I'll have, I'll have every weekend planned from the start of season until like December, pretty much. Yeah, and then. You know, and, and I'm, I'm basically telling my girlfriend, like, okay, I'm going to be hunting these weekends. This weekend, this one's yours. Like, figure out what you want to do, because if you don't fill it soon enough... Until you get that I'm gonna, leftover. I'm going to get, yeah, I'm gonna get invited I'm gonna get somewhere a, else. I'm going to get invited, or I'm going to get a reissue or something, and then, like, I'm, I'm going to claim this weekend, too. So, you know, it's it, it definitely... Uh, people that have hunters in their lives, you got to plan ahead, because we are as well, so... Um, is it me or is it not made the last two weeks drag by knowing that you're this close to when they do the drawing? No. It feels like it just drags. It's because you're waiting for it. Like if you're not waiting sudden, for stuff, it just comes. It's like, it seems like it took forever to get here, but when you're looking back at it, it's like, dang, that happened fast. Yeah. <laughs> so many things going on right now. Yeah. Um, I got some other on, irons in the fire that I'm really hoping for. <laughs> on a completely different note, um, not deer stuff. I thought it was maybe worth mentioning. Not do your stuff. I gotta go. <laughs> duck, duck stuff. Um, no. Just because uh, there's a meeting coming up, um, June nine. No, uh, June nineteenth, I believe it was. Uh, South Florida Water Management District is is hosting a forum, um, and as part of that, they'll be discussing. Um, they'll be discussing the new proposed uh, draft rules for. The STAs, um, and it's really exciting for me because I went to, I was invited to take part in um, what they call the STA thought leaders meeting, um, basically to talk about you know proposed rules and things that they might change, and um, I, we had made some suggestions during that meeting, and FWC really uh, took what we said and, and implemented it. So one thing that is currently in the draft rule is. Um, that afternoon hunts are going to get an extra half hour um, to get back to the check station. So this means that you get to actually hunt until that very last minute because you have to stop a half hour earlier when you're hunting in the afternoon. You don't get to shoot until a half hour after sunset. You have to stop at sunset. So I'm really excited that that's being put into place. What about um, that? that morning lottery are they gonna try to bring now, that back unfortunately and, and you know we actually had in-depth discussions about that like everybody wants it it was definitely the most efficient thing to do it's just hard on the the officers themselves and then you get no, well so the the problem is uh there's a safety issue it's a liability issue to have big crowds of people meeting up in the dark and then this biologist which is usually a relatively young person or intern or yeah relatively young person sometimes you know a relatively small girl surrounded by a hundred hunters that are upset in the dark and they just don't feel safe and so in order to make that situation safer they needed to have fwc officers stationed there during the lotteries and that costs money and so unfortunately it just it just wasn't uh it wasn't an option 
But so it, it, I think what they're proposing now is to do the duck uh, quotas the way that they do redraws on redraws. But but what that means is the like all of the quotas you won't be able to apply for a duck quota until two weeks before the hunt, which I kind of like because it means you're not going to have people claiming yeah. up quotas and then just like not showing up. Well, I have less except for the least pedo people. <laughs> actually, there's that's not actually um, that's I, not actually it a was thing. a joke. That's, that's not actually a thing. Everybody makes that argument, but that's not really a thing. But anyway, I'm sure um, there's a few. But uh, there's definitely a few, but uh, it's not it's not very prominent. But anyway, point is, if anybody's interested in uh, having a say in how these rules are developed come to this forum. It's going to be June 19th. I believe it's going to be at the South Florida Water Management District uh, headquarters, which is on Gun Club Road. I'll be there. Come say hey. I don't know if any of you guys can make it, but... Um, when is, is that dating? I think it's June 19th. Okay. Oh, that's, oh, it's going to be... It's Monday. It's Monday. It can't be that day. So it's, th that might be the day after I release this podcast. Um, yeah. okay. I'll, I'll check. It might, it might be July. Uh, but yeah, anyway. Cool. I'll put a link down in the, the description. Of this yeah, podcast. I'll probably go if I can. I can make it. I, I actually think it's gonna be a Monday. Okay. So. All right. Well, that's uh, let's call that a wrap, and then uh, let's go ahead and. Oh, you know what's cool though? June nineteenth. A lot of people have off because it's like that Juneteenth thing. Yeah, but that's why they wouldn't have the hearing during that too, because your government was on. We don't have June nineteenth off. We don't. Y'all don't. No. no. District when doesn't I have it off. When I worked for... That's crazy. We have it yeah. up in Jacksonville. He doesn't, he doesn't have it off either. Well, you, well, I definitely well, You're not civil off. service, are you? No. no. I'm barely civil. We, <laughs> <laughs> we we don't have it off, so... Yeah, I think it's I think it's actually going to be on Monday. So I'm going to drop this podcast tomorrow. We'll do it. And then right. uh, the, you guys don't forget, uh, July 22nd, we're going to be having the Shed event. So look out on our Facebook and Instagram for that. So yeah, it's gonna happen. Spoiler and alert: We might be dropping a our, our new model saddle at that one too. There's a strong possibility for y'all that are kind of on the fence. Might might have a brand new two panel being dropped there as well. Uh, I'm excited. excited. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we're now. Did you have more to say, or did no, you, were no, you just no. making a? I just said uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I heard. I heard. Uh. All right, well, I think uh, that's a wrap, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you tell some friends about it. We appreciate everybody's support. And if uh, maybe you want to become a Patreon and support us a little bit more, go check out patreon.com slash Peace. Peace out. <laughs>